This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. mentioned her before, but some of you may know, um, I have a golden retriever, and her name is Penny. Uh, we came about Penny in an interesting way. My wife and I had talked to my wife. I always wanted a dog, because I've had dogs when I was growing up, um, and my wife's like, well, forget one. Uh, she's your dog, and I really would like a bigger dog. A golden retrievers are really cool. Um, it needs to be free, and, and there are all these parameters. And one day I'm at work, uh, when I was working in AutoZone a few years ago, because Penny's about five and a half years old, a friend of mine came out and says, do anybody want a dog? Like, well, what kind is it? Um, they're golden retrievers. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I said, well, we, we, you know, we'd want a female. She's like, yeah, there's a girl. We still have a girl left. I says, well, how much are they asking for? I says, well, it was sort of an accident, so they're giving them away. <laughs> so I go and I tell my wife, and said, hey, so-and-so, you know, has poppies. And my wife's like, oh, well... And so I started giving her the details, and I get through all of the objections. <sighs> so we have Penny. And um, Penny is not just my dog. She's everybody's dog. But Penny is one of the smartest and dumbest dogs I have ever owned in my life. Because Penny will do, like, the most intelligent things. And you're like, oh, my gosh, she's so smart. She's so fast. She's so quick. And, and, and we'll, we'll just look at this. And then she will turn around and do something dopey, like go to leave our bedroom and walk into the closet. And then back out of the closet, go over five feet, and walk out the door. She's actually done that. Unfortunately, we have instilled a couple bad habits in Penny. Uh, When she was younger, we started feeding her pizza crust. And so, because we don't like our crust, so now anytime we're eating pizza, she just sits there. Some of you, I see some nods, some of you know what I'm talking about. She'll sit there and stare at us. And you'll, you'll, I mean, I'll be sitting there now and it's a game. I'll be sitting there and I'll just go like that and she'll catch it because she's watching so intently. The other thing is Penny likes to chase flashlights. She likes to chase light. And we made the mistake one time of when the sun was coming in our front window with our phones, start doing one of these numbers. And so she started chasing it around the floor. So now anytime the sun and our phone are present in the same environment, she's just kind of looking around the house trying to see if there's a reflection anywhere. And then she'll dart at it. Like, this dog's 55 pounds, she'll dart like she's a cat. So, so we've, we've broken her to a certain extent. There's other bad habits we've instilled in her too. See, as humans, we, we have bad habits too. Uh, maybe it was our parents, maybe it's their fault. Maybe it was a spouse or a significant other or maybe a friend. Maybe it's just because we're unique. But things like pushing the elevator button after somebody has already pushed the elevator button. Or maybe you walk in a room during a power outage and you flip the light switch on. Or you look at your your arm, even though you left your watch at home for that day. It's like an episode of the TV, hopefully none of them are this bad, but it's like an episode of the TV show, My Strange Addiction. Have you ever watched this show? Some of those are gross. I think I saw one where somebody eats shaving cream. That's pretty disgusting. But, but it's, it's like that show. Now, hopefully they're not really that bad. But, I mean, does anybody here, you don't have to tell me what it is. Does anybody here have bad habits? Yeah. Yes, I see some nods. I see a couple of you. I see that hand. There's a couple people. This one's going to get me in trouble. My wife opens potato chip bags upside down. 
She said, all the good stuff's on the bottom. And it makes sense. Guess who cannot open a potato chip bag right side up anymore? Or my children. We all open them upside down now because my wife has ingrained this habit in us. For me, it's I drum on everything, as you can imagine. It started when I was a kid, and I, you should see me driving on the highway at 70 miles an hour with both hands drumming on the steering wheel. If cruise control's on, I got both feet going. It's, it's impressive, really, if you watch it. I'm multitasking, but probably a little scary, too. But I have another bad habit. If I'm not careful, I, I will chew on my fingernails. It's just, I don't know why, if it's just nerves or what it is. And um, I will actually trim them short all the time. I keep my fingernails cut really short all the time because of it. And when the whole COVID happened and they said, don't touch your hands to your face, I'm like, I'm dead. There's no way I'm going to survive this thing. It's over. I probably, if it wasn't for my mask, getting in the way, because it was just such a bad habit for me. Luckily, at work, before I moved home, I had to wear gloves and a mask. So I had like that double protection from keeping my hands away from my face. But it's such a bad habit. Actually, earlier, not that long ago, I read a story of a man from the UK that almost died from biting his nails because he ended up biting the skin and he got sepsis, which you know, starts to make your organs shut down. You hear about it in the hospital. So I really need to stop biting my nails. And, and I've gotten better, but I need to continue to work on it. But when I read Romans 8, chapter 12 through 7, or chapter 8, rather, verse 12 through 17, it makes me start thinking about my bad habits. Because it talks about how if we living, live according to the flesh, we will we'll die. I mean, there's no beating around the bush with that one. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. And you can't get much more the, the direct than that. This is what he writes in beginning in verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh. To live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, there it is, you will die. But if the spirit, by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now, you, like I said, you can't get much more direct than that. And I think, obviously, he's talking about more than just the little habits we have, like biting your nails or the little weird quirks and, and tics that we have. Because most of our, our small bad habits aren't going to kill us. But there is that risk that, that some of our bigger bad habits, our addictions and, and the bigger things can lead to some pretty dire consequences. I mean, we've heard stories of people with, whether it be an addiction or maybe it's a bad gambling habit or other bad habits of giving into the flesh, of giving into those things that have led to their downfall. We even see it in churches with pastors, well-known ones. But see, not only are the, it's the consequences of living according to the flesh, but when we live according to that, we're not living the full life that we're offered through the Spirit. When we live according to the flesh, we're living according to what, what our bodies tell us to do, what that desire tells us to do. We're caving into the bad habits. To, we're following the desires of the flesh, those temptations. We're, we're making poor decisions based upon, it's more impulse and, and, and that just nature that we have. It's, it's giving into the sinful nature, the temptations that we often find inside. It's, it's sort of a lack of self-discipline. You remember the trope uh, when, in the movies where you have the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other? Remember, that's always a thing. Well, it's given in to the devil. That's what living, to the, living according to the flesh does. It's living for the world. Prior to the fruit of the Spirit, which I'm pretty sure I've talked about pretty much every week for a couple weeks, 
I may have mentioned a time or two that, that when we find in verse 19 and 20 of Galatians 5, we actually see what precedes it. It's the bad stuff. It's the things of the flesh. Which are the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, all of these things are contrary to the fruit of the Spirit. They're contrary to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. See, many of the problems we see in our world right now are because of people caving into these things, of these desires. This includes many who, who claim to know Christ. A lot of times we think of idolatry, we think of the Ten Commandments, Moses coming down from the mountain, the golden calves, you know, idols, you know, those kinds of things. But what about the idolatry of money and power? What of, of worshiping possessions and things like that? Or how about discord, dissensions, and factions in the church as we fight over differences of theological opinions or, or we fight over the color of the carpet in the sanctuary or we fight over just the, the little things in the church of, of even who's in control or who's in charge and who makes the decisions. What about hatred of people who are different than us, who look different than us, who, who love or worship that are just different than us? What about jealousy and envy of people who have something we desire? Or selfish ambition as we care only for ourselves and neglect caring for those in need? Or fits of rage on the road or in social media as we lash out at other people from behind a steering wheel or a keyboard? See, a lot of these are all caving into bad habits. They're all those fleshy desires, that anger, that, the, the, the unnatural stuff, or the things that... that that is contrary to what the Spirit would have us to do. All of these things can lead to death, whether it be literal or it could be figurative. Think about this, instead of like, you know, natural death, what about death of spirit, death of faith, death of your calling, death of a relationship, so forth and so on. Think about the other things in our world that this could be death of. Paul tells us in Romans 8.13 that, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. If we put to death the, the, the physical nature, that part of us, that sinful nature, we will live. Paul continues in verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Think about this. How many people do you know? that are a slave to this world, a slave to systems or, or just things that they have to do or the, the, the situations they've created. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, that intimate greeting, Daddy. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. When we are driven by the flesh, we become slaves to this same flesh. Think about the people you know that have had addiction issues, whether it be alcohol or drugs or other things. 
Imagine how much of a slave they became to that as they chased the next fix. We've all seen people like that. But see, this is how addictions and bad habits start. Research has shown that it only takes 21 days for a habit to form. This is both good and bad. People begin feeding something and soon it becomes a habit that's difficult to break. But likewise, when you start starving that habit or that addiction, which isn't easy to do, it can be broken as well. But sometimes it's harder to stop than it is to start. But instead of catering to those things that can ultimately hurt us or even cause us to hurt others, think about that too. We should be letting God's Spirit live in us and guide us. See, when we're guided by the Spirit, we're not slaves to the Spirit. We're simply allowing the Spirit to guide us. There's a great word in the Greek, and I, I like to use it not to impress, but I just think it's a cool word. It's called the paraclete. In Latin, it's paracletus, which means advocate or a helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. It's our advocate. It's what we talked about last week, how it's the one who comes alongside to aid us. When your kids, that's usually your mom and, or your dad, or your parent or your grandparent, when they pull you out of that situation. If you're in a conversation and you're going a little too far and you get that elbow in the side from a friend. <laughs> for me, it was usually dirty looks for my mom because I sat in the back row in church talking to my friend and I'd get one of these numbers. But when we live by the Spirit, the Spirit comes along to help provide us aid. It gives us that nudge or that tug. It helps lead us in the right direction and away from the wrong one. It, it gives us that push when we need it or it pulls us back. On social media, it's funny because there's been so many times that, that I'm, I'm just ready to go back at somebody and then I'll sort of feel in my spirit, yeah, don't do that. That's what that is. Or those moments when you're, you just, I have to speak, I have to say something, not necessarily on social media, but when you've spoken up and you just sort of feel that weird, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've done this before when I'm, I'm a quiet, timid person. I don't like conflict, but those times when I've spoken up in the midst of a conflict and I feel like it's this out-of-body experience and I'm saying it, but I'm watching myself say it. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. And your heart is like right about here as you're doing it. And then when you're done, it's like, whew. That's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit speaks into us. Pastor Max Lucado said that the Wizard of Oz says, look inside yourself and you will find self. God says, look inside yourself and find the Holy Spirit. The first one will get you to Kansas. The latter will get you to heaven. Take your pick. See, Paul goes on to say that we allow ourselves to be guided by the Spirit and we're living by the Spirit. That's when we become heirs of God. That means we have an inheritance in heaven because we've put aside the earthly, we've put aside the, the spirit of the flesh and we're living according to how God would have us to live. That means we have an inheritance to heaven that we no longer have to fear death or the things of this world. It means we have assurance of our salvation because we know that we are right with God. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, often wrestled with his own salvation. And it wasn't that he was doing anything wrong. Wesley just always worried about whether he was made right with God. And I'll be honest, this is probably the one thing about Wesley that I identify the most. And maybe it was how I grew up with, 
with guilt and judgment and and I really identified with that, like just this, this fear, and I've talked about it before, that any moment I could mess up and be out of relationship with God. May 24th uh, is often celebrated in the church as Aldersgate Day, especially for Methodists. We celebrate that that was the experience John Wesley had at a church on Aldersgate Street in London. Here's what Wesley wrote about the experience. In the evening, I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through, Christ, through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust Christ, Christ alone for my salvation. And an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. How many times do we worry about our own salvation? We are afraid that our mistakes are going to be too much or that God couldn't love us if he really knew all the things that we have done. But see, this is where the Spirit comes in. When the Spirit comes alongside us and walks with us, when we're no longer slaves to the flesh, then we know that we have this assurance. When the Spirit comes alongside us and walks with us, we're no longer bound by the things of this world and we see everything differently, even the people around us. When the Spirit comes alongside us and walks with us, we are assured of our inheritance and we know that we are right with Christ. and We know that we truly belong to Him. Wesley described this by saying his heart was strangely warmed. How is your heart this morning? This morning I'd like us to invite the Holy Spirit to come and walk alongside us through this life. To be our paraclete, to be our helper, our advocate, our aid. To silence us when we need to be quiet, to embolden us when we need to speak. To open our eyes when you need to see, to open our ears when we need to hear. To give us the assurance of salvation through Christ. To lead us towards him and away from the things of this world. To maybe even help break us of our bad habits. Let us pray. Dear God, we just thank you for this help that you have given to us through the Holy Spirit. We ask now that you would just Send your spirit to us to be our advocate, our guide, our helper, to lead us as we should walk into your ways and away from the ways of this world. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen.